welcome to the Built on Air podcast, the variety show for all things Airtable. Each episode, we cover four different segments. It's always fresh and different and lots of fun while you get the insider info on all things Airtable. Our hosts and guests are some of the most senior experts in the Airtable community. Join us live each week on our YouTube channel every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Eastern. And join our active community at builtonair.com join. Before we begin, a word from our sponsor, OntoAir.com. Any business running on Airtable gets the value that Airtable has, but also needs a few more functions to complete their operations. That's where OntoAir comes in. It's a suite of tools for any business running on Airtable to maximize your operations efficiencies and automations. One customer, John, states that OntoAir enables his business to function properly without having to think about building their own software. And that is pretty invaluable. The OntoAir Airtable apps are amazing and we use them often and are very happy with the results. So join John and hundreds more customers and take your Airtable to the next level with OntoAir. Sign up today with promo code BUILTONAIR for a 10% discount. Check them out at OntoAir.com. And now let's check out today's episode and see what we built on air. Well, good morning, everyone. Welcome to an interesting episode of Built on Air. My name is Camille and I'm joined by Allie. Hello. Um, unfortunately, Dan won't be able to join us today. So um, I'll be running the show and boy, will I be winging it. But <laughs> we'll see. We'll We'll see how that goes. Um, this is a webcast where we talk about all things Airtable. I don't have too many updates that I've selected, but um, I have the update that is most near and dear to my heart. The the infamous sandwich bet, I believe, has finally been settled and we can give a little bit of Airtable history, if you will. <laughs> so Perfect. I'm gonna start there. All right. So the scripting app? Is this the sandwich bet? Yes. So this post was uh, from February 25th, 2021. But this isn't the first time that uh, this sort of topic had come up. So essentially, back in 2020 or late 2019, um, Airtable released the scripting app as well as the custom apps development um, environment, both of which had a disclaimer saying they are free for the next six months. Well, those six months came and went and uh, Airtable extended it. And I believe they extended it again after yeah. that. And that's, that's, yeah, that's when we got to this point where someone on the forums asked, hey, is this, you know, is that real? And there was some discussion back and forth. Um, I said, I don't believe they'll extend it again. And Bill says that he thought that they would. So Bill, uh, Bill French is another uh, frequent commenter on the forums, very knowledgeable about all things, even beyond Airtable database related. And so we had this sort of back and forth about whether or not this extension would come again. This is a very important sort of concept that's going on because scripting unlocked so many doors for so many people. It was um, sort of a game changer for a lot of people's base setups. And so it was very important whether or not that remained a free feature versus a pro feature. Um, Kavan jumped in. We eventually started a bet <laughs> where Bill proposed 
that if they, uh, you know, stop extending it and making it free forever, uh, then I would owe him a sandwich. And then the reverse, if they made it a pro feature, he would owe me a sandwich. So that was February 25th, 2021. <laughs> I think they extended it again after that. I think so. There's, there's a lot. <laughs> I'm scrolling through. There's a lot happening. And then in August, um, Jordan Scott, who is uh, the new community sort of liaison from Airtable side came in and she recognized the bet, which I thought was very funny. Yes. <laughs> this post had existed prior to her joining Airtable, I think. So she was going back and reading all of like the, <laughs> the posts with a lot of uh, activity on them, found this bet and acknowledged it and said, well, sorry, we couldn't settle it. <laughs> this was August, 2021, more time passes. Um, Again, now it's September 21 that it's been extended to the end of August. Is it going to be extended again? And then Jordan comes back and says, actually, they've made it officially free for everyone. That's both scripting and I believe the custom block um, um, API. So yay, everyone gets to use it for free now. Um, great news. It does mean that I lost the bet. So. <laughs> You, you got know. a ship bill a sandwich? Yeah, I you know, bittersweet. <laughs> <laughs> um, I just thought that was a, a, a funny addendum that happened last week. Um, and it sort of encapsulated, A, it's a major announcement. I don't know how, you know, uh, announced this was, because this is a reply to a very old thread. I don't recall if this, there was a separate thread that went over this. Um, but, you know, if you hadn't already heard, here's your announcement that scripting is now free. Um, I do believe the run a script action in an automation is still a pro feature. Interesting. Uh, so there's three different things we're kind of talking about. The custom apps SDK, if you haven't already used it, you might not use it. Um, it's very, it's very, it's much more hands-on, a little bit more complicated and requires a little bit more familiarity with JavaScript. Uh, but scripting, a lot of people had used with the script app, which lives in the apps sort of sidebar. And then the run a script action is uh, something that exists within an automation. And then there's some differences between that and the scripting app. Um, I, I believe that one is still a uh, pro plan or higher. Yeah, that's interesting. I've never actually validated that, but we, I mean, we can test. It's it's the wild west this episode. We're actually going to be doing a lot of automation slash scripting sort of um, work here. Um, I, I just I just wanted to go through that, and that's more or less the end of this thread. Um, other than that, I couldn't find too many sort of announcements or um, sort of major discussion threads um, that hadn't already been solved. Um, there is, I did see this morning on Reddit, there is a new um, third party that allows you to query Airtable via um, SQL. Mm -hmm. um, I'll see if I could pull that up, but I, I don't have that link available. Um, but other than that, 
what I was going to do with this episode was going to be um, sort of an overview of auto numbers and how to fake them. Let's do it. Okay. Um, so I have, uh, I've pulled aside this particular um, um, thread on the Airtable forums. This thread is a little bit older. Um, it is essentially asking for, um, well, let me back up. So Airtable has a field type called auto number, and it does exactly what it says it does. If you have 10 records, it will number the first one, one, the second one, two, the third one, three, all the way down to 10. Um, if you were to delete any one of those 10 records and add another record after that, the new record would be labeled 11. It wouldn't go back and find whichever one is missing and fill in that gap. Um, there's some limitations to the auto number field. It does not allow you to have a prefix. So you can't say like the year, the current year, dash one, dash two, dash three, et cetera. And you can't really have auto numbers for different clients. So if you wanted to say job number one for client A, job number two for client A, and then job number one for client B, you couldn't really do that with the auto number field. And so there's pros and cons to using it, um, but it's somewhat limited. And so this is essentially what this user had uh, run across. They wanted to have um, essentially an auto number that ran by um, whichever field, uh, whichever record a record in a second table was being linked to. So um, I came up with a solution that uses um linked records which they had already had in place they were linking clients to orders and then using rollups and formulas and then a simple automation to sort of fake the appearance of an auto number and so we're going to go over that solution in a second so I have recreated um, essentially what that setup would be I have a few clients and each of those clients is linked to an order. So, um, you know, what is the client name? And then I have a regular number field, not an auto number, just to sort of demonstrate if I were to insert an auto number, you notice there's no settings that you can add and it will just one, two, three, four, five. Well, I don't want Jane Doe to continue on from John Doe. It's a completely different numbering system that I wanna do. So just to illustrate why that wasn't the best solution in this case. Mm -hmm. um, but you'll notice that my regular number field goes one, two, one, three, I deleted a record, that's why, um, one, three, four. Mm -hmm. um, that's this sort of behavior that I want. Um, I have a lookup field that's saying, what is the next client order? If I go back to my clients field, you'll notice I have a rollup field that's asking, what is the largest number that has been linked to this particular client? So in John Doe's case, that would be four. Mm -hmm. This formula is literally just saying, take that maximum order and add one to it. That's the next number in a, in a linear list. Mm -hmm. Going back to my orders table, that's what you're seeing here. So that five is the next number. Um, 
this was should read number was testing um um in in um an alternate solution to this you don't really need it for this but um if i look at my simple automation let me close that down so i have an automation for when record matches conditions what i want to do is find records in my orders table where the client order number is blank mm -hmm. and where client is not blank. So if I were to make a new record, hopefully nothing should happen. Yes. So I don't want this to start numbering until I've linked it to a client because it doesn't know what the next order number is yet. So let's say, let's do John because I know the next order number is five. If I give it a second, You'll notice a whole bunch of things are highlighted, but that's because all of those records happen to be linked as well. It found what the next client order was, which was five, as we had said, put that number into this um, field done using the update record action step. We are updating the same record that we found with our trigger and we're inserting for the value in the client order number field, the value of the client next order field. So because all of these records are linked together using regular Airtable sort of functionality, the, the formula and the rollup and the lookup fields are all updating themselves so they know that the next order number is now six. Mm -hmm. So if I were to keep going, and do John Doe again, this would be six. Love it. And then all the other ones turn to seven. So if I, I'm just going to group by client so things, see, you can see this a little bit better. Um, if I do one for Jane Doe, you'll see that she gets a two and it's completely separate from John Doe's numbering system. Um, recently this week, uh, someone had found that older post was from around July when I had, uh, presented this solution and they discovered, um, I'm going to turn this off really quickly. Um, they discovered if you were to go in and duplicate a record, it comes in with the value of client order number already filled in. Well, that means that my trigger for this automation won't fire for that record. It's looking for when client order is empty, which it isn't. So the solution there would be either to, once I've duplicated the record, to delete that value and then give it a second. Mm -hmm. And now it will do it. But that's annoying and sometimes you might forget. So my solution there was um, you can only do this for pro and enterprise uh, bases, but if you go into edit field permissions and set this to nobody mm -hmm. and then turn on, allow this field to be modified by automations. Mm -hmm. Now, if I duplicate this Jane Doe record, oh, wow. it doesn't come in with a client order number. Um, so there's actually no changes that you need to make to your, uh, formula field, your rollups, your lookups, or your automation. All you have to do is change the permission level for the client order number field. 
And there's pros and cons to that. Remember that an auto number, an actual auto number field is calculated, meaning you couldn't edit that field anyway. So if you think of it like that, you're not losing functionality. But it does make this a little bit less flexible because if you wanted to go back and renumber a whole bunch of old records, you would have to remember to turn the field permissions back on so you can do all of that and then turn them back off so that you can continue with this functionality. But it is possible. That's so interesting. I guess I never like thought about how if you do if like like blah blah blah, I can't talk. The field permissions, like I didn't realize that duplicating it would actually blank that value out. Like Yep. I didn't think of it first either, which is why should read number is a field. So what I was trying to do was to answer that second person's question. What do you do if you uh, duplicate a record and it comes in filled? So I had started to build this formula saying, okay, well, if, if, if the field is blank, if the client order number is blank, or if the order number equals the next client order equal output yes otherwise output no but that that's not accurate like i couldn't get this portion um of the formula to say what i wanted to say what i was trying to say was if this is six and this is also six which is very difficult to do um with a formula without several roll-ups or lookups aiding you oh, yeah. so <laughs> we this field is not helpful um, I am glad I eventually remembered that field permissions uh, are useful. Yes. It's so interesting, though. I've struggled with trying to use the nobody option in field permissions, because even when you say allow this field to be modified by automations, and maybe this has been fixed, but I've run into scripting errors where I've, I've had an automated script trying to edit that field value, and it mm -hmm. gives me an error and says you insufficient permissions. But it's literally a toggle right there. Yeah. So I can see that. I don't know if that's been fixed. Yeah. I think it, it certainly should be because it is. <laughs> it's not not an automation. I get that it's a script, but it is within an automation. So one should assume. Um, I wonder if you output the value in the script, you know, like did output dot set. Yeah. And then, then used that to update the, the field. Maybe that would work. It it should because <laughs> this is this is a uh, um, this is a regular update record action step. So if instead of using from the trigger like we're doing here, if we had a step before this, which was a run a script action, um, it should be able to pull that in as the value that it's being updated. Um, and while I'm in here, I might as well test. Yeah. Wait, what workspace is this on? Because I'm testing whether or not run a script is is um, a pro feature. Yeah, pro feature. So no, okay, it's on temporary pro. So that tells us nothing. <laughs> <laughs> um, I have for everyone's. Uh, yeah, as you can see behind the curtain, I have a whole workspace devoted to answering questions that I find on the forums. I should do that. It's, I... it's, it's better to just keep them separate. Um, oh, my goodness. I've learned that the hard way. My, my workspace is just like 
so long just going and going and going and going and i've tried to like you know put in parentheses like example base so that way i know not to delete it but like mm-hmm. i accidentally deleted one base that i had put a link to on the forum like years ago and then yep. i started getting everybody commenting like this base doesn't work anymore and so mm-hmm. i had to like rebuild it put a new one up i was like oh no i've started to um my strategy has changed you, you way back i used to build the whole base and then just share that base so people could copy the configuration Mm -hmm. but that means you do have to keep that base forever (laughs) because the person who you're directly replying to will copy it like that day or the next day when they see the someone has commented um but anyone who finds that post afterward is going to you know look to see if they they can do the same answer very similar question and if it's not there then you kind of <laughs> might get roped back into uh uh that very old question by then you've probably forgotten what the setup even was if you've deleted the base and so what i've done i've started doing now is set up bases to test things out and then just screenshot with the uh what the configuration is so that I can delete the base when I feel like I don't need it anymore, but the answer is still there for everyone to see. Perfect. Yeah. I and like I am now within a base that is currently on a free plan or free workspace and run a script is not available. So mm-hmm. to answer the uh, earlier question I had, uh, run a script is still a pro feature. And I believe that was always the case. It was, introduced separately from the script uh, app and the custom apps SDK because automations didn't exist yet. And when run a script was introduced, it was always a pro feature. So that hasn't changed. Excellent. Yeah. Um, What was I going to say? There's one thing I really wish that they would release and that is the option to run an automation based on a button being pushed. Mm Mm-hmm without having to run a script. Like, yep. right now my workaround is like, you hit the button, it runs a script in the app, like a scripting app to check mm-hmm. a box, which then can start the automation. Yeah. yeah, if we take a look at what our um, triggers are, um, our Airtable-based triggers, none of them really get what you want. So um, when record matches a condition, well, a button by itself doesn't change the conditions of the record. So you would be clicking the button and the button would fire a script and that script would check a checkbox or something. Right. Um, Or when form is submitted, that's not really a button pressed when record is graded, obviously isn't. When record is updated, that's kind of the same problem with when record matches the conditions. Pressing the button alone does not update the record at scheduled time is not even connected to any particular record. So that's yeah. even worse in this in, in this case. And when record enters a view, again, there's no change to the actual um, conditions of the record itself. So. I mean, you could do this instead of having um, you make a button field and just do that for the formula. You could have, you know, the button, you click the button and it runs a script and it does something like check a checkbox, or you could fire the 
Um, you could fire something, yes, send something to a webhook or, or do. So you have a you have a lot more control if if you do actually use a button field. Mm -hmm. If you run, you know, have this automation be triggered when the done field equals check. You could do that. You just you lose out on a couple of things. It's a lot easier to accidentally fire if you use an actual checkbox field. I know. I've stopped doing that actually. I use a single select that only has one option. Yeah, that's actually a you know that's I would say that's better um, yeah. because I was about to say you also lose you could change this label to say like fire automation or some descriptive text right. um, you might you would be able to get that same sort of vibe if you were to do a single select mm -hmm. run automation exactly. And then you would just do that. It's much more purposeful. Right. Yeah. And way less likely to accidentally fire. Yes. <laughs> I've had that happen a few times recently with like just other clients and them being like, how did this get sent? And it's like, oh, well, somebody checked the box. So yeah. we should not have a checkbox anymore. I mean, ideally not. But so that's, that's sort of the general overview of how you could use um, a one-step automation that's only looking at the single record um, to sort of fake your own custom auto number. Um, and one more time, just to demonstrate, if I delete two, the next number is still four because it's looking at the maximum I were to do this again, it should output four and then this should change to five. Mm -hmm. yep. So you have all the same functionality that you would have had with auto number, but now custom for each client or whichever your linked record field is. Yeah, this is this is a really great workaround. I um I use it in my like wedding base. I was trying to get really nerdy and number like ideas that I had. So every time mm -hmm. I added one topic it would be like idea one two three four blah 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 um but it was funny at first i did it really in a really silly way i did it with the count field <laughs> mm -hmm. i was thinking that way because that would that would definitely screw things up so it's like if you like you just demonstrated if you were to delete a record then you would end up with two number threes like for yeah example. insert count so we're talking about orders. Uh, yeah, so here's that difference. So we have one, three, and four. Mm -hmm. So the maximum order is four, meaning the next order should be five, but there's only three <laughs> that are linked. So if we were to have this next order number be, if I change this, my automation, I think might. Right, no, it won't actually, because no, it, because no. All right. Yeah, yeah. I'll just change it back before I run. So if I change this to count plus one, then the next order number is four for Jane, even though four is already here. So that's, you know, a sort of gotcha. Yeah, that's the way you don't want to do it. <laughs> Go with Camille's first version. I mean, it took me a second uh, to sort of figure this out because I think that's not the first time someone has asked that on the forums. It's not... Uh, necessarily an easy thing to just come up with. Um, but 
you know, also while we're here, before we move on to the advanced version, you'll notice I have a third client called Mark Smith. And, you know, because he's linked to nothing, uh, his, his maximum order is zero because there's nothing attached to it. So zero plus one is one. So just so you know, you don't, when you start with this method, it works from the get-go. Right. Exactly. Excellent. Super useful. I think it was uh, Justin. Justin Barrett, friend of the show. Yes. He came up with like a way to do it before automations existed. Mm -hmm. And it was like absolute insanity. Just like genius way like it was literally like just with lookups rollups and i can't even it was like a substitute function to substitute all the numbers before yeah. and, somehow, and like oh my god it was like wow that was really cool i uh i never figured that one out yeah. it, it it worked um <laughs> but you know today is a today is an automation themed day yes so that's the simple okay. way to do stuff Yes. Um, here, I have a base that I've called auto test where I just, anytime someone asks an automation based question, I will put it in here um, and sort of test things out. But the purpose of this, um, if, you, if you were to read the names of some of my uh, automation tests, there's more complicated ways to auto number records. Um, these, however, involve scripts. So um, the best way to do it, I think, is just to jump into the automation itself. So um, this one requires a different uh, trigger. It doesn't require a different trigger, it just uses a different one. This one is simply when a new record is created. And then there's a script. So instead of going straight to um, going straight to an update record, there's a script that runs before it. Um, so um, I have a a field in table one that is the year week. So 2020. Um, you can see it right here, 2020-42. So the 42nd week of the year 2020. Mm -hmm. um, what this script is attempting to do is to find all of the records that were produced that week and mm -hmm. then number them like that. So the advantages here is I don't have to link them to a table full of week numbers, mm -hmm. um, which is what a simple solution required. It required you to have records linked together so you could get a roll-up of the maximum uh, of the numbers that have been counted thus far and adding one to that maximum, yada, yada, yada. This one, nothing is linked to anything. I'm just doing some sort of an auto number based on meta. So you could do this by the year something was produced. You don't have to get down to the, to the week if you didn't want to. Um, in this example, it's um, year and week. Mm -hmm. So a fairly simple script, only 12 lines. Um, you start off with getting the input config. I have just one uh, config variable, which is the uh, year week. Mm -hmm. The reason why this is able to come in, uh, my, if you recall, the trigger was when record was created. This is a, an, this is a formula field. So that value would have been there at creation and right. it's doing it based on date created. So there's no real input anyone has to do for this. 
Um, um, I'm getting the table that the record has come from. Um, I'm querying all the records. We've talked about this before on the show. We have a strike through but, um, across select records async because they've depreciated calling this function without um, also specifying which fields you wanted to um, look at. Um, this script was written before that change had been made. That is interesting. I actually, I don't think I was here on when I think you were on honeymoon. Yeah. So while you were on your honeymoon, they depreciated that function. It's still, I think it still kind of works. But, yeah. uh, but you will get like a, you know, the script editor doesn't like it. So that's, uh, that's, that's so interesting. I just ran into this yesterday. I was, I had somebody write to me and they were like, hey, this script keeps timing out and my browser keeps refreshing. And I was like, weird, I'm seeing the same behavior. And that's how I fixed it was I defined a, like a def definitive list of all the fields I needed. And then it ran, no problem. Um, but I am behind the times and was not aware that they had depreciated it. So that is really good to know. Well, folks, <laughs> you heard it here. <laughs> They've depreciated that uh, function with that. So you, you saw me type in um, the select records async accepts an object. So um, for either field or sort as uh, key values. So I typed in an object with the key of fields and fields accepts an array of field names or IDs. Mm -hmm. So um, I know I'm only looking at the year week field. Um, so that's the only one I passed in. So now you no longer see the strike through. Um, mm -hmm. Going through, I am querying all of the records and I'm just trying to find um, how many records have the same year week as this one. Mm -hmm. So that means the uh, at some point when it's querying through all of the records, it's going to get to the same um, it's going to get to the same record that triggered this script. So no matter what, you're not going to end up with a zero. Yeah. Um, at least one record has the same year week, and that one record is the record that fired the script. So uh, I've accounted yes. for that error. Yes. Um, it's going to return the number of records that matched, so at least one um, or some greater number of records. Um, and then I'm outputting that number of records as the position. So uh, we had talked about in our simple example, the difference between using count and maximum. This in this, what this script is doing is using the count method and not maximum. Mm -hmm. You could edit this script to be, uh, to use the reduce function to find the maximum of every, uh, um of every auto number faked auto number that is found mm -hmm. this would require some adjustments to what this script is doing right but just to relate it back to the other example it's basically following this method um outputting the number of records that have the same year week and then the next step is to simply update that original record. You could update the record from within the script itself, 
Um, I separated them out because um, I wanted to keep the original script sort of clean and simple. Mm -hmm. Um, And for explanation purposes, I think it's easier to see each constituent part of 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 a solution by itself. So the actual updating of the record, we're taking the record ID from whichever one file Uh, fired the automation and I'm building a custom auto number as opposed to doing this with a two separate fields and a formula to concatenate things together. um, I'm taking the, the original year week that it came in on. Let me see if I could scroll and find where that is. Yeah. We're looking at, we're looking at these, (laughs) at, um, uh, at these two fields, the year week. And then, um, the auto number and then space dash space and then the position from the script. So you could see it's coming from the second step, which would have been the run of script action. Mm-hmm. So I think this is on who knows if I run this, will it work? I hope. <laughs> Love it. I might have to, I remember uh, seeing the update thing. Y- yeah. I might have to do this. Okay, one of my automations for but it's doing it's doing the other. I've done two separate <laughs> automations that it's doing at the same time. So, um, okay, there. Perfect. So that's, a, that's a fun experiment. There's two, like I showed at the start, there's two different auto number script-based things that I have going in this uh, table, um, outputting to different fields. And I forgot that they were both on so it auto numbered it using this method first and then the second one which i was actually waiting for love it so if i were to keep let me change my group to be um by year week so because oh, it's a dang it it's because it's a calculated field i can't just create a new one within that group. So going down here mm-hmm. to create a new record there, you can see it's auto numbering by the week itself without having to link to some other record in order to come up with the maximum yada yada. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's awesome. And it looks like the other one you're doing is uh, like making sure you're setting it to a like consistent length so you've got the the leading zeros, which I do that a lot. I really like to have everything like perfectly. Like I think it's so much easier to read. Yeah, I think for a lot of people, they are going to want to follow a similar sort of um, process mm-hmm. for for uh, leading zeros for this type of auto numbering. So. Um, I've seen this particular format a lot, just like the year dash, and then you might have a thousand jobs in a year. So you might want four digits instead of three, like I have at the end. Um, but it it sort of key, it makes things just easier to read. Um, in this case, you know, a year is always four uh, characters. Um, and then the year week is also always two characters. So this is going to be consistent. Mm-hmm. Oh, no, it's not because the first few weeks, oh, I right. think, but you could change that within 
um, how you've done this. I've done week number. Um, if you want to force leading zeros, this is outputted as a string anyway, because there's spaces and dashes. Uh, you could do something like this to, and then do and I think hmm. that's not right. Zero, zero. Yeah. Zero, zero and the, the actual weak number and then get the rightmost two characters from that to get right. you yep. the exact same position because all of these had two characters. In <laughs> um, and I can't, <laughs> none, of, none of these were done in January. So I don't know. I can't demonstrate that that worked, but sure. Gravel. Yeah. Um, and I like that method too, using the right function. Somebody mm -hmm. had posted that recently because I posted something using I like doing it with the repeat. I, I, I ah, mm -hmm. repeat, but that I feel like that's what you just did is so much cleaner. Like, it's way less characters to type. Well, it it really depends on the format you want this auto number to take to take the form of. So, if you wanted a great many number of leading zeros, repeat. I would have done repeat. Yeah. Um, if you have like tens, of, well, it's Airtable, so you're going to run out of space in your in your base very quickly if you have ten thousand records a year um but like if you had ten thousand records a year you would want that that many number of uh uh leading zeros at the start uh to make sure that it comes out as a consistent length exactly so repeat would come in handy so that's that's advanced automation number one um i have two more i think i just want to do auto number by groups because this one is harder to explain <laughs> so perfect um and i've changed things so <laughs> um let's see yeah okay <laughs> i'm trying to remember the the precise setup for um for this automation and I've gone around and changed how all of my groupings have been made. But in this, in this view we're currently looking at, we have a table that is uh, grouped by two different fields, uh, link to table two, and then grouped again by check. So if I go into my auto number by groups table, um it consists of a single action step after the trigger um and you'll see that it's much longer but not too long right so um it actually has no input variables it's going all based on uh you know everything is happening within this script so it's not using a, a trailing update record action step. Everything is happening within this script because I need to actually update multiple records at once. Mm -hmm. um, what this script is doing um, is asking first, what is the table that we're looking at and a particular view. You don't have to include a view necessarily. Um, 
if you wanted to renumber everything within the table at once, you could, or if you want to do a select number within a particular grid, uh, particular view, you could. It's querying um, all those records from the chosen view. Mm -hmm. I have a variable I've called group path. So it is an array of, in my case, two fields, link and check. Going back, this is this is going to become obnoxious very quickly, <laughs> exiting in and out of this automation. But if we go back to this grid view, um, I've changed the name of the field. It used to just be called link. Um, I see. Link to table two and check. So that that's what it's that's what it's referencing. So I'll just do that uh, so it's clear. Group mm -hmm. path. So um, in scripting and custom apps, we can't we don't really have access to what field a view is being grouped by. That's that's not something that's exposed via the API. It's just something that's visually there um, when you're looking at something within Airtable, which is why I've had to construct this. So you you have to know what, if you wanted to include a similar functionality in your base, you would have to know what the uh, table is being grouped by. Yeah, I know it's grouped first by link to table two, which is why that's the first item in the array. And the second field is being grouped by is check. Um, then I have, oh, this is more complicated than I remember. I have uh, rank by name points and then rank field name rank. So what, what it's doing essentially is looking at the all of the groups that I have for this particular view mm -hmm. and then some numerical field that... Um, uh, that indicates, uh, um, in this case, it's points, but some numerical differentiator between the different records within that group. Right. I want to know who has the best score within that particular group. Mm -hmm. um, you could simplify this uh, particular um, script down if you just wanted to do what order do they appear in within that group. So this one isn't necessary if you don't have that number field. If you wanted to do just what order do they appear within that group, you could. But that's not particularly useful because uh, the the order something might appear in a group, you know, might not make sense. If I, I could resort these things around, it, it wouldn't, mm -hmm. um, it, it's not letting me because I've sorted by whatever, you know. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so. Um, now that I'm back in this table, you'll see uh, these people have uh, various different points that they've been awarded for whatever reason. So two, five, six, nine, fifteen. I want to know comparatively of the eight people within this group or eight records within this group, how does this record fare against those eight? Right. So perfect. Back into the script, so many button clicks. Love it. Um, so essentially you're ranking a group of records yes. by, by how many points they have. Yes, which is a far more complicated version of a auto number, if you will, because right. you've, you've ordered things a very particular way mm -hmm. um, and now you're trying to 
say one through, in this case, eight, because there was eight in that group that we had looked at, um, one through eight, what is their um, auto number based on all of this more complicated criteria, which you couldn't really get at with just a formula alone. Right. Or, well, you could have if it was an extraordinarily long formula, maybe. Um, and then from there we have, um, this is fairly common, I think, with how other people set up their, um, with their scripts, having a uh, two blank arrays, one for batches and one for updates. Updates is pretty common. Batches will become important. You'll see in a second. And then this is where things start to get more complicated and hyper-specific for this particular script. So um, I'm going to be explaining the logic of this script. And then we will, when this um, video gets finalized, I will provide the link to get to the, the code of this script. So you, you don't have to copy everything down over the course of this episode. It's just sort of to go over the logic of what's happening and how it's numbering by group. So um, it is um, essentially what it's doing. It's trying to find for each of the records that are within table one, um, it is putting together um, its own set of groups. So because scripting doesn't have access to what, there's no group ID. So I have to make my own essentially. So what I'm doing is I have two, um, two fields that I'm grouping by. This part of the script is taking the value for each of those fields and concaten concatenating them together. Mm -hmm. So um, linked to table two, I think an example would have been um, applicant one and then check would have been true or false. So um, applicant one, true is one group mm -hmm. applicant one false is another group mm -hmm. applicant two true applicant two false etc and then blank null might be um you know it might not be linked to anything so null true null false right. those are all of the groups that are probably within this space and i'm essentially building together <laughs> a series of batches. So batches started off as an empty array. I have put in, I'm filling it with a uh, series of objects. So that object will fill it in with the group. The group again is the composed uh, string of applicant one, true, applicant one, false, etc. And then the record IDs is going to be um, all of the record IDs that are within that group. And also mm -hmm. I'm supplying it with the whole record object as well. Mm -hmm. um, you probably don't need both. I just chose to do both because I could. Right. Um, the reason it's doing this um, is because it, it wants to find if that batch has already been found yet, if that group has already been found yet. Um, then just add the record ID and the record object to this already existing object within that array. If 
this is the first time the script has come across a record within that particular group, it has to create that object first, which is why this if else is there. And then from there, it's looking at rank. So um, because this is happening in like a sequence um, and because you're pulling off of a view instead of a table, there is a predictable order that uh, records would come in on. So thinking back of, on it now, because this view is already, um, is already sorted right. by points, you might not necessarily need this mm-hmm. portion. So, right. you know, in retrospect, eh, this script could be more, could be more optimized. <laughs> and you'll notice up at the top, it has that same problem with uh, the strike through the select records because I didn't go back and um, adjust for the for the fields that you would need. Right. Um, but now what it's doing is it's it's now finding the relative position that each of these records that were found within each group is the relative position Mm -hmm. against however many were found for that particular batch. That's what all that's happening. Um, If, if there's no other ones, then it's rank is just one. Right. And then from there, it's pushing to the updates empty array, Mm -hmm. which is, at this point in the script hadn't been touched yet, it's pushing um, the format that the update records async function requires. So update records, plural, async, um, needs an array of objects. And the object must have the ID. So that's what I'm, I'm filling it in. And then the fields that need to be updated. So. Mm-hmm rank field name is the is where we're outputting this is the first this is the second this is the third our fake auto number if you will Mm -hmm. um rank would be its relative position against all of the records that were found in that particular group um and then the record id is 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 coming from whichever record we are currently iterating through Mm -hmm. so it's doing this for every single record within that view. And the reason for that is, um, unlike with the previous examples that we had shown, where um, you know time is a, is a fairly linear thing. So auto numbering by week, you know, you're not, it's not going to suddenly be a previous week that it was before. Um, it's, and it's not going to, you know, all of the records that came before it chronologically, you know, still came first chronologically. So there's no need to go back and renumber things that had already been numbered. Mm-hmm. In this case, if you're trying to see who scored the most points in a uh, competition or in a in something where points are being updated right. uh, continuously, mm-hmm. Jim might get 10 points and he might be ranked number one. But if Carl, Carl comes in and he scores 12, Carl, Carl, our good friend, Carl, if he comes and scores 12, well, now he's number one, meaning Mm -hmm. you have to change Jim, 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 I've already forgotten. Jim, (laughs) who used to be number one is now number two. So you have to go back and renumber um, Jim. You have to renumber everything. Exactly. 
that's why this is doing it looping through several several records every record within that um chosen view as opposed to um just doing the one that had recently been updated right and yeah. it's another reason why everything is happening within the script because the update record step only updates a single record it can't do multiple records together exactly yeah i love this and the, this would i think i saw somebody recently i think it was the facebook group but they were asking about creating a leaderboard Mm -hmm. And like, this would be a really good solution for that. Cause then you could limit your, like you could just share a view and say, you only want to share your top 10 or whatever. Yeah. And then it would be updated automatically. Cause you mm -hmm. can't, you can't limit how many records are in a view. You could sort it, but you can't say only show me the top 10. Yes. But, but if you had a rank field, you, you would know it stops at 10. Um, yep. Or, you know, you could say yeah. less. Than, um, that's funny. I used something similar to this too, for a kind of a different use case. Like, um, uh, say you've got like a like a CRM base and you've got like a bunch of interactions and notes all rolling up to a person, for example. And you want that like I, I often will use like a big roll up field to show like time stamped interactions and all the notes like all on the person's record. Mm -hmm. But that always ends up with the most recent being at the bottom. Yep. And a lot of people are like, well, I want the most recent at the top. And I'll use a script to say every time you add a new interaction to a particular person and I'll actually go and I'll, I'll have a view that is like sorted by what, by date time. Mm -hmm. And I'll just kind of like force that to do most of the work for me. Like I'll mm -hmm. select records async and actually pass into that the sorts that I want. So I'll yep. use that and sort it when I select it and then just update the field. So like grab all the linked records as a sorted value, filter them down to just that person and then update it with like, literally just grabbing them all and sorting them and putting them back in. So it's always most recent at the top. It's hard out here. Is <laughs> <laughs> the, the, the moral of this story. <laughs> right, and I don't understand like, and I've, I know I've mentioned this to Airtable before, but like, that would be such an, a great feature to have to like, Mm -hmm. just in a set of linked records just be able to choose how they're sorted like yeah uh, I think it should be there um, you know under the hood lookups and roll up well roll ups sometimes lookups are arrays so mm -hmm. you know sorting arrays alphabetically it's not that hard to implement um, from a coding perspective it would be nice if there was just a toggle right. that we could uh, use to sort um, what a lookup field displays and for linked record fields and you could use the batch update app but that's annoying to do every single time you want to resort how linked records the actual field itself um, how those values are sorted um, it would be nice if that was just a thing like it, a toggle that you could turn on it'd be awesome like it really would it would I mean just like you could like if they like how they did the conditions to like toggle for yep. a roll up or count or look up. Yep. Same thing, you know, sort these records by X. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, I think that'd be great. I would want that added. Yes. Um, but that, you know, that's, that's the long and short of this somewhat complicated script to give you an even more advanced auto numbering system that 
more or less takes into account um, how you've grouped records together. Again, the real magic is coming from this array. Um, so it's not technically going by how you've grouped the records. It's just matching how you group the records, assuming you put in the value, the, the names of the fields, the same way they appear in your group records settings. Right. Yeah, I love that. That's awesome. And that's like, that allows you to do it with not just a linked record. Like, you yes, have, one of them is, but you've got the checkbox too, which is. Another. Yes. Yeah. I love so, that. yeah, I think it's, it's fairly agnostic towards field type. So attachments would be. <laughs> you couldn't. Yeah, I don't think because every, I think it comes in the attachment field. I think it comes in with the link to the file. Mm -hmm. And every file has its own link. So that wouldn't help you at all. You would have one, you would have unique groups for every uh, attachment field value. So aside yeah. from attachments, I think technically you could do um, any type of uh, field in order to get the relative ranking um, yeah, for, yeah. Awesome. We're at, we're at 901. Well, an hour and one minute. I don't know what everyone's time zone is. <laughs> right. No worries. All right. That's awesome. Well, we I think we survived the Wild West without our fearless leader, Dan. Yay. Hold on. Hold on. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said that, how do I stop? Yay. <laughs> I jinxed it. We did it. Screams. Yes. Yeah. Curtains. Closing. Oh my goodness. Uh, yeah, so like I said, I will find a place to put that script. I think it's on the forums already. Um, if not, I'll I'll put it somewhere so you so everyone can can see its madness and all its glory. And I'll I'll fix the select records uh thing so it's compatible with uh modern scripting, if you will. Excellent. Awesome. Well, thank you, Camille. That was great. Yay. Auto numbers. Love it. There's so many things you can do. There's so many things you could do if you absolutely force it using an automation. <laughs> yes. Oh, my goodness. Perfect. All right. Well, um, I believe that does it for us this episode. Um, tune in next week for a much more structured episode. <laughs> That talks less about um, auto, um, auto numbers, probably. <laughs> probably a little bit less, but still useful nonetheless. Right. Oh, I guess. Thank you, everybody. Thank you for joining today's episode. We hope you enjoyed it. Be sure to check out our sponsor, ontair.com, and we will see you next time on the Built on Air podcast. <laughs>